Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's right. Special Christmas edition of the DMVR Draft Pod brought to you, of course, by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DMVR and take advantage of our deals. It's Dr. Dre and the Schwan Man. Been a minute since we did one of these, Jake. Yeah, it's been a while. Let's get back into it, though. Yeah, it's going to be great. Special Christmas mock. Last Sunday could not have been worse for the Broncos. They lost everyone they needed to lose, basically one. Schwan man's uh, shaking his head in disgust. I saw your tweet that you gave your Broncos all your heart, and they just smashed it. Sad. Look, man, I just want my team to win. That's all I'm asking for. I just want them to be better. Um, I was pretty down when they started off slow, and then it was not hard for me to hop back on. And yeah, worst game in a solid two months. Felt like man, they are two blue chip players on the front seven, and two mismatch guys on at the skill positions on offense away from really being where you need them to be. Um. But as I mentioned, it's a mock episode, and that means we start with the Chicago Bears first overall. Double question before we draft Caleb Williams here, Jake. Justin Fields to the Broncos. What's the highest? What's the most you would give up? Oh my God, bro! I mean, you got you, got, you, you like making entertaining content or not? Oh man, it's it's just hilarious that uh, we had we were in this position. They could have took him. I don't know what's he worth. Um, he's that is the first, next question. I don't. What think. is he worth? No. Um, twenty. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe like one first and like a few picks and something like that late round pick. I don't think he's like a blockbuster deal type of guy. No, though, do no, you? he's not a blockbuster deal. He's not just a blind first rounder. I think about the twenties is where you definitely are are willing to swing that. Right now, the Broncos mm-hmm. projected at fourteen. That's where we'll focus our mock. Um. I just think it's really hard to keep giving away first round picks. Yep. So, you know, um, and you got to see how the board falls. 14 feels a smidge too rich right now. Yeah. Um, it's because this team needs work and we'll get into it when we get to their pick, but they need 
Uh, it was apparent. You saw Detroit and how they yeah. beat the Broncos on Saturday. That's a team that's been building up for three, four years uh, since Campbell got on ball involved. So um, it's going to take a while. And yeah, you can't just keep shedding out the, look at the Rams right now. They're doing okay, but they shed those first round picks and uh, the future's kind of bleak. Yeah. It costs you and it adds up. Um, any wavering on Caleb Williams first overall here? No, he's still the best quarterback to me. I'm still probably going to have him QB1. Like Drake May's nice for sure, but I think Caleb's special. How much bullshit would it be if the Patriots ended up with that first pick? Uh, we can't afford that, man. <laughs> the world it, it's, just it'd be against it. the laws of the universe for that to happen. We cannot allow that. It really would be rough. I think the Caleb discourse throughout this process is going to be really interesting, man. Because people have got takes. The all the all the headlines have been on him this season, and it was a rough year. And on, honestly, I mean, we talked about Lincoln Riley on the last draft draft episode. Um, but yeah, Caleb. In the end, you know, I'm never going to get away from how he jumped on the scene in the Red River rivalry, took over for Spencer mm-hmm. Rattler brings uh Oklahoma back with a couple bombs to Marvin Mims and just that arm has just shined through throughout you know and I mean he's got the legs he's got that Mahomesy ability of running in touchdowns like five rushing touchdowns against Utah I think in that Pac-12 game they ended up losing you know so deceptively quick and the stuff he can do off platform I definitely think managing him is going to be a thing, you know? I mean, it's might be part of why Heisman trophy winners have had trouble from time to time, you know, like you're already a big deal. Um, so managing him off field, keeping him engaged because that's what he's missing is more of the X's and O's, like just running the play, running the concept, you know, instead of yep. playing backyard football. So honing that in is going to be key. And I think there might be a bit of an ego check necessary to do that at the NFL level. But I mean, the the raw material you have to start with as a prospect is just bananas. We've talked multiple times about how the Patrick Mahomes comparisons are for real. Yeah. And yeah. also how he may even be just faster and like a better athlete too. Like not saying he could that he'll be a better quarterback at the next level. Um, but he certainly has that ceiling, you know, and you mentioned yeah. the arm and stuff. He's since he stepped on the scene, you were first to call it too, man. Like this guy is just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's Lincoln Riley quarterbacks for a while was easy to be like, Oh, wow. Watch out for this guy. Drake may Patriots pick at two. Seems easy. Mm-hmm. I've made the drew, uh, the Andrew luck. <laughs> Almost said drew lock there comparisons. Um, and yeah, I mean, what more can you say? Kids, uh, Kid's a baller. It's it's nice that at least one of these two guys doesn't go in the AFC where all the young stud quarterbacks apparently live. It's a mess, man. Let's go to number three, Arizona Cardinals. It's Marva Otto here. I mean, you've got a man, this team was like penciled in for the first overall pick when we saw what they were doing in the offseason. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Kyler's come back. He's looked like himself. I He's think they good. believe in him still. Yeah. He's look good. The I think it is. staff is half decent. Rondale, no one's team Rondale more than you. My oh, man. I mean, look, Paris if Johnson, he was just on a better team. I know. Uh, I wasn't a big Paris Johnson guy. Greg Dorch, though. How about the All City kid? Yeah, absolutely. 
And that's where you add Marvin Harrison Jr. outside to this and you really start to cook. See what Kyler can do, you know? I mean, the offensive line is they could use work in trenches too, but this is best player available here. Yeah. And when you've when you've gone top ten with a, an offensive tackle the year prior, I don't know. I think it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Commando's top five pick, that's hardest to decipher for sure, because I mean, I expect quite a wide range of like, you know, house cleaning to be done in the off season with the new ownership. I expect this team to have a different name, like you name it. So forget needs. It's kind of like, what is the pick you want to plant your flag? I'll say it. I don't think it's too crazy to start talking Jaden Daniels this high. Um, But like, it's so depends on the coach. I think it's easier to just go chalk and follow the board. The two tackles would be very interesting here. Um, and man, Jake, the discourse on Joe Walt versus Olu Fashanu has started. Olu seemed like a lock to be the top tackle, and now Joe Walt and that upside at that size. I mean, he's this big ass tackle who moves so well in space, you know, it's really rare. So y- you could see why those traits would get people really intrigued by the Notre Dame left tackle. Right. I hear you about the Jaden Daniels stuff. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him up here or maybe even third overall, just depending on what happens with that pick too. Yeah. Um, just as we move through the process. But I guess with the safe pick now, a tackle, you're starting Andrew Wiley, Charles Leno. I mean, you can get better there for sure. Uh the only other position I'd throw out maybe edge, but I mean, but you're just chasing the best player here. They cleaned house. Top four feels a little rich for one of these top edges. Just a teensy-weensy. Mm-hmm. Especially since you've got the other side of the trenches, two guys that look really great. So now the question is, Joel or Olu? Um, I mean, I, Joel is my favorite guy that I've seen so far. Just super sound, super square. I mean, just Love looks it. like a great big athlete out there. Phenomenal. And we get it to switch it up from... Um, you know what we've done in the past, which I always like. You don't want to go too chalky on your mocks. We are back to the Bears at five. They obviously got their quarterback. They'd have Justin Fields to trade now. They got Montez Sweat, which has seemed like a really nice acquisition. All of a sudden, that Eberflus defense playing well. And they have Darnell Wright, who as a rookie's played pretty good at right tackle. So I don't know. You know, you have you have a uh, Cole Komet, so Brock Bauer seems maybe too rich. Do you address the left tackle with Olu because he's best player available, or you say, "Hey, it's not enough to have DJ Moore. We need a playmaker," and the first playmaker that jumps out to me is Malik Mate, neighbors of Louisiana State University. I'm right there with you, man. Um, and if I was in this position, this is a tough position to be in. Um, because there's a legitimate argument on both sides. Um, I think you do want to prioritize maybe Justin Fields' is like health and longevity, though. So that's maybe why you go Olu Fashanu here over Malik Neighbors. I love Neighbors, though, man. Wow. Now, what if this is Caleb Williams and not Justin Fields? <laughs> that's a, oh, man. The intrigue around the Bears this offseason. Come on. Let's have some fun, Jake. Let's All neighbors right. it um, up. Then yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, they're both very mobile, I guess, but it Caleb just has like kind of that second instinct ish. 
Um, he knows how to bail out of pockets, I think, a bit more. He's more natural behind the line of scrimmage running around than Justin Fields, who can be a little reckless at times, you know? So, yeah, neighbors Sick. in that situation. I love it. Well, that is the situation in this mock where we gave him Caleb Williams first overall. Oh, true. We move to sixth, New York Giants. Yikes. Where do you go from here with this team? <laughs> I mean, this is a team who's probably kicking themselves that neighbors just went because they would love a playmaker like that. Jaden Daniels right. now feels really intriguing. I mean, scorching hot intriguing at sixth overall, which is kind of hilarious, right? Like, yeah. how could you not see this coming? Um, then I mean, you think Dave safe? They're rolling with him? I don't, man. I don't. I think no? this season's been that disastrous. Yeah. Man, and it's I, just so I much know. went wrong, though. I know. I mean, they look, they probably will give him another year, but it's it's been ugly. I uh, It has been. I smell a Matt Nagy situation where year one kind of fortuitously oh, no. was good, and now it's a bit of a stinker left and right, you know. The Bills yeah. have kind of figured out that offense finally without him. Took them a year and a half, but seems like maybe they they realized running the ball is the way to go. Um, the Giants are so tough because yeah, if Dable stays, does he go young quarterback to save his ass? You know, does he go? Fashano doesn't. You know, they they went with the two big tackles in the draft not that long ago. The front seven has some right. impact guys already. Right. I think wide receiver becomes think, the next glaring need in a lot of ways, you know. Romo yeah. Dunze wouldn't be that crazy, Keon Coleman. Yep, yep. Oh man. Um it's a disastrous situation in New York. <laughs> and we're just rolling out Brock Bowers too. Brock Bowers <clears throat> feels very giancy. Culture fit. Mm-hmm. Just you know a guy to build around for the future. I don't know, man. You just have so many needs. Can you justify a top seven pick, a top six pick on a tight end? My God. I mean, I feel like the best player here would be Olu Fashano or him. And like you said, they already had the bookend tackles. I like um, them. I like Bowers a lot. Bowers. Bowers actually makes sense. And, you know, it gets the top guys off the board, which we want a realistic looking board when we get to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Let's let's do it. Let's go Jets. I love Bowers uh, to the Giants. Let's go Jets. And then we'll take a quick break after this. Uh, but Fashanu here feels really obvious. All the issues they've had on the line. Mekhi Becton mm-hmm. just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And he's so clearly top of the board. Now you have kind of a consensus top seven. I don't only wild card I throw out there is Jaden Daniels to do it to Aaron Rodgers again, put another rookie quarterback behind him. But you just saw the guy tear his Achilles in the first game. I was more intrigued by Jaden for Washington and the Giants. For the Jets, I think the Jets are just like really trying to just squeeze something out of this window with Rodgers. Then yeah, it'd be Olu Fashano, but man, I mean, if any changes happen there, because you look at the records of Joe Douglas and Robert Saul, they're not great. Oh, I know. Well, I 
that's what's buying them the extra window, I think, right? Is like, hey, come yeah. on, give one more year. We're running this back. You know, you knew the plan. It just didn't go our way because of that injury. Um, tough. It's always going to go your way, however, when you use Hestra job gloves. Don't be an idiot like me. A million different pairs. I've got one pair in the car, one pair in this jacket, that jacket. And next thing you know, I'm taking um, the trash out in the snow using my nice little wool gloves that my best friend's mom knitted for me. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mucking up my nice leather gloves that mom got me when she was visiting Florence or something. And it's just enough is enough, guys. We need comfy top-end gloves that are fit for the job. And that's Hestra, a company that only does gloves. That's what they know. And uh, that's what they do, frankly. Great dexterity, warmth, and, uh, and you know, they're just comfy. And they get the job done because they they – they do their thing. They're hard. They're durable. And um, the reverse of my glove situation is not true with Hestra because you can use them at tailgates and what have you. So you got to check out HestraJob.us and use our code DMVR40 to get 40% off your next purchase. These are high-end, top-end gloves. That's an incredible deal. Do it now through December 23rd. And anyone looking to supply their team with high-quality work gloves at a bulk rate can email Josh Jacobson at josh at hesterusa.com. And then shout-out to our presenting sponsor, High Plains Strains. If you find yourself in northeastern Colorado, they've got locations at Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. That's their three Colorado locations. You can save time by ordering online. They've got you covered convenience-wise. They've got high-quality cannabis. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely a big drive through guy myself. So if I'm ever in the area, I'm always stopping by High Plains Strains. Use our code DMVR online or mention DMVR in stores. They've got some great deals, full ounces for $80, Veritas, um, Eighth uh, for $25, and Mammoth Gram cartridges for $15. Remember to use that code DMVR online or mention DMVR in source to take advantage of the High Plain Strains deals. Okay, a hero has to be saluted by the draft pod because at the eighth pick, and we are halfway to the Broncos pick, that's why we stopped there at seven, Brandon Staley's former team, the Chargers. We salute you. Uh, it was nice to know you, Brandon Staley, and you'll be missed dearly. A team for greatly. once, yeah, greatly. Who doesn't need a quarterback, though, Jake? They don't need a quarterback. I mean, they took Rashawn Slater a few years ago. They just took Quentin Johnston last year. Yeah. So, to and their edges are stacked. I mean, you got Khalil Mack, you got Tuli Tupelodu there, who right. um, has been doing a decent job. Of course, Joey Bosa. So, yeah, cornerback is the only. That's right. Really, like, position. I mean, Terry and Arnold are Quilly McKinstry, so take your pick. Well, when I have a question when it comes to back seven, the guy I consult with is you, my dear friend. Uh, would you, with those two Bama corners, who certainly, you know, would be my top guys, though I like Nate Wiggins, um, mm-hmm. Cooper DeGene 
how intriguing could Cooper DeGene be? Not knowing the the head coach, it's hard to know exactly what scheme. But boy, Cooper DeGene, Darwin James, that'd be a very interesting uh, set of DBs that you can really mix and match with. I mean, they're all kind of ball hawks. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry had the the great year in production last season for the Crimson Tide, and then this year it's all Terry on Arnold. And then we know what Cooper DeGene can do just with his athleticism. Yeah. Um, you got to make a decision somehow. I think just Terry and Arnold, younger player, I think, not injured, had a great okay. year this year. It's my guy. Eighth over, or yeah, eighth overall is crazy. But I think it's honestly not. And that stock, especially with the national semi, who knows? Natty could yeah. just keep being on the rise. You know, it's been that kind of season for the number two cornerback at Alabama, who's RCB one and going eighth overall. We've got the Titans here at nine. I think they're going to roll it back with Will Levis. Outside of that, this team needs an identity of sorts or just more playmakers. And losing AJ Brown was really, really devastating. I think to this offense. I mean, it got the GM fired. It changed the whole like trajectory of the organization, basically. Yeah. Who's more uh, AJ Brown like? Odunze well, or Keon? That's what I was going to say. They both have like specific aspects of him, but neither of them are him. Yeah. Uh, I think if yeah. you want the field stretching ability, you go with Odunze. If you just want a bona fide playmaker that you can throw the ball up to, it's Keon Coleman. I think it's yeah. Romo Odunze in this situation. More of the contested catch guy, you'd go Keon mm-hmm. Coleman. I do too. I think I think in his yak ability, Odunze is the most AJ Brown esque because as I've said right. multiple times on the show, I, I I can't believe how big this guy is, you know, like a two fifteen mm-hmm. pound uh six three plus wide receiver runs like that, can return punts is such a vertical deep threat. He's really incredible. So yeah, I think he's a top end playmaker. And I think in the modern NFL, that's definitely a guy that goes top ten. It's just Keon Coleman's got the imposing size thing. I mean, he, I know Romo Dunze's got size, but Keon Coleman is just a dominant player. Like he, uses he will go toe to toe with anyone and make some of the best catches you'll see. For sure. It's then in the separation department, you know, where you right. lose a, li- a little bit. Um, so as you said, for the Titans, we'll go Rome Falcons at 10. Holy shit, Jake, how this sets up for the Dirty Birds because they've got a really nice young team in a lot of areas. It's just the quarterback missing, and we've been talking about one since the fourth pick, and here's Jaden Daniels. It's got to be him. It has to be. Yeah, we'll see what J.J. decides. I think J.J. McCarthy is going to be really interesting for how he... um, how he enters the conversation um, at QB three, if he does declare. And I think he's, he's got to win the natty to declare, or maybe Jim Harbaugh has to go to the NFL. Um, and I think, you know, Bonix and Penix injuries age. I think they're a switch right. behind, you know? Okay. If Penix has a big playoff though, I mean, he's going to shoot up. I mean, it, it just happens in the playoffs. man. Absolutely true. Packers at 11. 
Oof. Interesting squad this year. Really interesting squad. Ups and downs. I still believe in a lot of the talent. And I think yeah. they've bought them some time to run it back, especially with the young offense. And there's definitely still plenty of good pieces on the defense, which has, however, fallen apart as of late. And yet, maybe the biggest need is this David Bakhtiari left tackle situation, exactly. which, you know, the, the former buff uh, just cannot stay healthy. And you got to kind of figure that out. Well, now you have a dilemma because maybe the top offensive tackle or tackles are right tackles. J.C. Latham, Tyler Guyton, and uh, Mims. So Georgia, Mims, Bama, Latham, and Guyton, Oklahoma. If you're going for more of a natural left tackle, you and Taliasi Fuaga of Oregon yep. State would fall under that, you might go Jordan Morgan, the Arizona kid who has really nice feet and I think would fit Lafleur's scheme to perfection. He's just mm-hmm. not like a mauler power guy who will stand you up, but he's listed at like 6'5", 3'20", yeah. like he's not a small yeah. kid. Um but I don't know. That's a bit off the board here. Uh, how do you feel? Right. Or maybe a Latham, someone like that, and you play them inside. Yeah, I think you're just kind of in a position where you need to just add linemen, regardless of position, just the best guy you can do. Um, so that'd be JC Latham going chalk here. I, I'm here for all the arguments for Fuaga, Mims, all these other guys for sure. Um, yeah, I do believe in Jordan Love, though. he's had some real nice moments, man. And he, he does put up some stinkers, but he, I think he's, he's really teetering that line and he's close to leaning over on the good side. This offensive tackle three debate is going to be fascinating as we go through the process, because it's a, it's a deep class, but it's a very diverse class. And if you are looking for that more natural pass protecting guy, um, that would be Morgan to me. And, you know, there's, it's just working through all these guys is going to be really interesting. I mean, the Washington kid, yeah. just like you said about Penix, the, their left tackle has been spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. And if he has a good playoff and if his arms come in that 33 and three quarters, anywhere in that range, all this talk of him being like the top interior guy is going to shift to him being one of the top left tackles. And that's going to be huge for mm-hmm. him. Let's go chalk with Latham. I'm happy to do it. Raiders at 12. What a crazy. I I just saw Ben Albright was uh, tweeting that they might bring Gruden back, that that would be one of the favorites. To... <laughs> How could that be? <laughs> How could that be possible? <laughs> Um, what a, what a situation, what a team, man. Gosh, how soon is it too soon to start talking Penix? I mean, I think it's on the table. Jimmy G was just a band aid, and even that didn't go well. I mean, Aiden's done. He had a nice game against the Chargers, but that was just kind of a field day against it. Really a dead team because he was dead man walking after that. Um, if I like him. Penix. How could you not? I, I'm a big fan of him, man. I get yeah. the injuries and all that, but he is so accurate. It comes out so different, man. And I, I just keep getting back to it. The success he had at Indiana and at Washington is uncommon. 
And those mm-hmm. guys, more often than not, kind of just pan out. Yep. And yep. that arm is just there. Um. Oh, man, that's a fun pick for the rate. Are we doing this? The other pick would be adding to the secondary, and that'd be CB2. You know, we kind of talked through that right. when we went. When we last AFC West pick with the Chargers, you know, um, I mean it. It that'd be a typical Raiders pick. They got to get a GM and stuff too. Like right. that guy's out. So a typical Raiders pick. If Al Davis was still running the team, would be I don't know. Like come to my Cooper DeGene, like a super athletic, just a free, right. maybe Keon Coleman or something. <laughs> right. Oh man, Cooper DeGene with the Raiders is kind of fun. It is. Um, there's a lot of fun picks here for, but they need so much work too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just go quarterback and try to get it on with the future? Yes. I kind of think yes. And I don't know. I mean, especially those top four quarterbacks, I do think go higher than we're maybe anticipating. Yeah. Or have anticipated at this point. They always do. Yeah. Let's do it. One more pick before the Broncos, and it's the Saints who are probably kicking themselves. Penix just went off the board. Um, Saints are really really in a tough situation, kind of a team that's been not super entertaining. I mean, anyone can always win the NFC South any single year, but they've got so much work to do, um, so much to figure out. And now I do think it's a little too soon to go with the next quarterback on the board. Dallas Turner, maybe best player available at this point. Leitu Latu would be the best player available on my board. Keon Coleman, Chop Robinson, not that far off. I mean, Keon Coleman, how much longer are you waiting on Thomas, you know, and and someone like that? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I mean, I kind of forgot about him. A lot of people have over the last few years. He's been non-existent. Yeah. Um, they are kicking themselves over that Penix pick before, but I do think it's either that or, like you said, either Dallas Turner and an athletic edge rusher or, I don't know, Kool-Aid sitting there too. Yeah, Kool-Aid is sitting there. Jairus Von Newton, maybe top interior guy. Let's go Keon Coleman and force ourselves into a non-obvious pick with the Broncos here. Yeah. And I, yeah. I do think that's a nice Michael Thomas replacement right there. Yeah. yeah. And now, 14, we have the Broncos. But first. A word from our friends at Breckenridge Distillery, our homies. Um, there's two Broncos games left this weekend and the weekend after. Or it's ne- next weekend, right? No, this weekend, this Christmas Eve, Sunday. Yeah. Yep. So this weekend and the next, come hang out, get some Breckenridge Distillery. Um, try it at our tailgates. You can come down to the bar and get it as well. They're most widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey. It's a high rye mash, American style whiskey. Breckenridge bourbon is one of the most highly awarded craft bourbons in the U.S. Also check out their Broncos Blizzard. That's their new vodka commemorating the first white alternate Broncos helmet. Um, try the Riki Seltzers at the bar. They're all fantastic. Breckenridge Distillery products are available in all 50 states. Shop your local retailer or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning Breckenridge Spirits operate anywhere. Oh, my guy knows his reads. <laughs> well done. Oh, Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. Well, 14. And um, excuse me. As we were talking about in the last couple picks, 
really the talent is in the secondary or maybe on the edges right now. Um, and, you know, I was talking earlier in segment one how, to me, the Broncos need a couple mismatch guys on offense. Probably too rich to go with someone like that, though. Malachi Corley, um, the, the yak god, would be so fun in Sean Payton's offense. Hopefully later on that can be an option. Yeah. But as I was also saying, you, you need two blue chippers on the front seven at least. I couldn't believe how much they missed Nick Benito in that game. Um, and, like, I think there's a good rotation. I still believe in Drew Sanders, just like I wasn't ready mm-hmm. to just, like, give up on Nick Benito at this point of the season when he was a rookie. I'm certainly not ready to give up on Drew Sanders at this juncture either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, ideally on the front front, they could use another playmaker and that would be defensive tackle or what have you. Um, but I, I think with some of these edges on the board, you got to be feeling nice. I, I would never put it past Sean Payton to go offensive lineman here. Uh, you know, a tone setter of sorts, even though I think their biggest need is center. So I don't know if you'd go center at 14. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of options. But as always with the Broncos on the draft side, we feel like what they need is offense, 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 and then you get to actually doing the mock, and you are you're you end up always talking defense, defense, defense. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that was my exact reaction. When we got to this pick, it was offensive line. That's what Sean Payton would do. That's probably what I would do. And then as you explained that, like, front seven situation, it's like, well, damn, is George Zahner new in the pick here even? Like... I know um, there's so many ways we can go and the talented edge rushers are the best players, I think yeah. um, available at this point. So that's where, I don't know. I kind of lean, but I do really think that we saw Sean Payton do it in new Orleans. I think when they took uh, Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, that was kind of a reach and that was around this area in the teens. Yeah. yeah uh, if I not think- the twenties, like, Eric McCoy, the A&M center you took like high second was kind of a seen as a reach too. Like he's definitely mm-hmm. reached before. I'm just like Graham Barton would be the guy, the Duke left tackle who many project to mm-hmm. go inside. Um, I mean, honestly, he does project like I just said, he played left tackle in the ACC at a pretty high level. I mean, I think his tape against yeah. Jared verse was pretty impressive. So, yeah, I mean, at center, that might be a guy, you know. Uh, the Oregon State kid is such an ass kicker and toad setter. Fuaga, you know. Mm-hmm. If you start to worry, maybe Garrett Bowles is getting a little old, you know. Jordan Morgan would be the pick. If instead you're yeah. worried that McGlinchey was a bad investment, I said how for some of these teams up top, you know, going right tackle for the Packers, did it make sense? Well, for us, with Amarius Mims, who has, like, insane upside, the Georgia right tackle, out of this world, mm-hmm. or Tyler Guyton, same exact deal, Oklahoma, those are guys who would fit really well. Like, Sean Payton wants Smallers to run behind on the strong side. Those would be guys to go with, you know? Jurisavon Newton, need and value is probably the best combination. I don't know about you, Jake, but I watch his tape. He's definitely good, like, plays with his hair on fire, you know. He plays low to the ground. Um, He's like a natural penetrator. He feels, though, I've seen a lot of these guys 
that are interior D linemen and we slap a first round grade on them because of the upside they show on like three Saturdays out of 12. And it, it just doesn't pan out. Like you can be a stud in college and you're good enough to be a rotational guy in the NFL. And I worry about that with Jerzevon Newton and the production kind of matches up with that. You know, it's good. Yeah. It's not top 14 pick. And that's, that's why we haven't brought him up at earlier picks either, you know, because there's definitely right. teams we've talked about already who had that interior D line need, but it wasn't even worth bringing Newton up much because I just thought the, the tier of prospect that was still left on the board was, was clearly superior. Right. And I kind of feel like that about the edges that are left. I could be talked into, um, a defensive back here, Cooper DeGene, Kool-Aid McKinstry. In fact, you know? fuck, PS2 was in studio. I wanted to ask him about the two Bama guys, but, you know, they're mm. running around doing shit. We nah, have to be do back. One day we're doing, we're getting him, Nick's getting him on video to do that. Um, you know, the wide receivers are gone. Would Troy Franklin be too rich here? A speedster mm. with size himself. Um, yeah. When you're, if you're thinking wide receiver. If J.J. McCarthy were to declare, definitely would be very intriguing, but he'd probably be gone already. So, Leitu Latu is my question. The mm. edge from UCLA. And if so, explain to Broncos fans what they'd be getting in it. I mean, just an extremely productive player. A guy who did it all. He absolutely, he's a game wrecker. He wrecked the game against the Buffs. I think he had two or three sacks in that game. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty bang. sure he's got... Yeah, he's got it all. Like, and, and when you talk about this class too, like when you had me watch those guys a few weeks ago, um, Chop Robinson and Jared Verse and all that, none of them really had as like the best combination of all those traits with the bend. Mm-hmm. And that's what Latu has is he's kind of got all that. He's been productive, got Sweet the size, obviously. Yeah, exactly. He's got moves. He's got a whole bag right now. He doesn't have to really, he, of course, it has to be developed, but like coming right. in compared to a lot of these guys, it's a lot better off. I, I love him. I do love him a lot. I do just want to go back to the corners again, though, because, Mm. I mean, if you really want to get the no-fly zone back and be getting a bona fide second corner across from PS2, what better than uh, the Alabama kid? Or I mean, I'd be down for DeGene, too. Yeah. DeGene would be really intriguing, and the versatility can bring you, and Hule just has the frame. He's got the technique. I mean, (laughs) As a prospect, he does he he is almost PS2 light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which to have both of those guys. And then I think the Sean Payton team all of a sudden Kool-Aid's the pick that gives you most of an identity. Yes. Like you're prepping for the Denver Broncos, and that first meeting is you're saying, Hey, these guys have two all-world corners. We're gonna f- have to find ways to move the chain on them by not having to challenge those guys 20 times a game, or we're going to get ourselves in real fucking trouble, you know? Um, And just having that, being able to tip the scales in your favor on the Tuesday where we game plan for our opponent is Mm -hmm. honestly, that's what the first day of the draft should be, man. Half the time, you know, it's like, exactly. How can we go in and force the team to play the first move before we've even lined up, you know? Right. Cool. I mean, the narrative so, for that's be- I I just described it beautifully. We we have to go. Oh, go exactly. 
I mean, you just explained it. You could add another pass rusher, but I do. I, we've seen flashes from a lot of these guys this season too. So I, know. I think you I know. can feel confident um, just kind of running it back, maybe adding another depth piece through free agency. And the Broncos do have some cap to kind of move around too. So I think you can maybe go out there, get a center, um, maybe, you know, spend big on a defensive tackle or something, then kind of plug holes where you need to. And then you get Kool-Aid and you're feeling pretty damn good about this team. Yeah. As good as Fabian Morrow's been this season, uh, not his best, not his best Saturday, and uh, and, and you know, I mean, he can do better, but we we can do better. That which I think is mm-hmm. what you said, absolutely. Yeah, um, yep, exactly. So there you go, Kool Aid McKinstry, the Alabama cornerback, number one, joining PS two. Kool-Aid's fun too. Like we could do a show in a shirt with that guy as well, you know, because uh it, mm-hmm. it writes itself, yeah. the Kool-Aid man. So exactly. Oh man, love doing this. Thank you, Jakester, for doing this. It was awesome. That was fun. fun that man. was fun. Oh, yeah. I, I feel good about this top. Like this is it me or is this a good draft class? This is a good draft class, right? Like a pretty good gla- draft class, yeah. There were some guys who we would have we would have blinked an eye to take at the end of the the top ten there who are still around for the Broncos. I mean, the conversation we just had was genuine. There's like absolutely yeah. a lot of ways you can go with this right here. Yeah. So and I, if this holds, this is a great position for them. Hundred percent. And in this class, with that type of pick, even if they don't make the playoffs, not all is lost. You can get a real stud, and that's why I would I would be reluctant to trade a pick that high for someone like Justin Fields. So much to get into. Justin will be back soon. We'll be doing some sort of bowl preview some way, somehow when the boys are playing and uh, yeah, you might not hear from me for a week or two. I'll be back so soon. Happy holidays to you all. Jake, thank you so much. Thank you to high plane strains for presenting this show. Bye.